I think you might be the most famous person we've had. The most famous person. I think. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where our our headphones are way too hot. <laughs> We're slowly going deaf. We are also <laughs> simplifying the good life. We never notice this until we have a guest with actual working ears. The thing with in the like studio. any radio professional will tell you that they've gone deaf just from like continuously turning up the headphones. Oh, I bet. My name is Brock Dennis, and I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland. Nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations with the intricacies of thinking locally, the beauty of living in a great big, wonderful world, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, simpler living, phrasing like Captain Kirk. That's right. <laughs> and today... Hells of bagpipes. Yes, hella bagpipes. So many bagpipes. How, there, many, there are, how many bagpipes? Hells uh, of bagpipes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are no actual bagpipes in the room, but uh, Brian Kidd, hello. Hey, guys. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Brian Kidd is better known to most of you as the Unipiper, and uh, he is unmasked here in the studio with us today. Uh, we, are seeing, we are seeing his actual face in actual real time. Uh, so th- thank you for joining us, and yeah. we're going to be talking uh, about everything you do in just a couple of minutes. My pleasure. Yeah. I like that you came with notes today. Right. Yeah, it's, this guy's prepared. Yeah. But you don't get to be an iconic Portland figure without That's true. having a little bit of preparation. you got to have your it. shit together. Yeah, exactly. This and is why we'll never be iconic Portland <laughs> figures. You do one <laughs> podcast without notes, and you don't show up without notes to the second. Ah. <laughs> I see. It's all coming, coming together now. Well, Aaron, guess what I did this weekend? I could guess because it's right here. It's on our show you, notes, you found, yes. You found some gravel. That's a good guess, and I did. Um, yeah, went out for another bike ride with uh, Ross from Basecamp Brewing, and we found the the end of Skyline Boulevard, which is actually, like, the end of Skyline is still paved. Then it turns into Dixie Mountain Road, and then Dixie Mountain Road gets really unpaved. Oh, right. Yeah. So I was trying to describe this to somebody I ran into uh, this afternoon, right? I didn't quite get it right. Huh? Oh, like, um, well, you just went up Skyline and then Skyline turned to gravel. Well, it, I it mean, does? technically, that's pretty much what happens because there's one sign that says Scapoose this way, uh-huh. and you can drop down the hill down to town if you want to, or you can stay out and play in the woods. And so we played and in the so woods. So you stayed out. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's the sort of place where, like, Skyline Boulevard in the Portland area is full of really expensive homes, and it's like you know all the people that like. I assume they have estates that they can purchase whatever they want with because okay. they have enormous houses. Right. But then when you get out to the part where Skyline turns into gravel, it's uh, trailers, but no trailer parks. Interesting. Yeah. So um, there's also, for some reason, some strange reason along the paved end of the road, there are signs that say uh, you should not park here between, what is it, April 1st and December 1st? You should not? Or wait, strike this that. This is a suggestion. Reverse it. December 1st to April 1st. Oh. No parking along the side of the road. But I was trying to figure out why. Because these signs went on for a long time. Why would people be parking there between April 1st and December 1st? I don't know. 
Wait, between April? You mean between December and then to April? Right, like in the winter, you can't yeah. park on the side of the road. But then in the summer, well, it's because it's it's going to wash out. I, well, I guess that makes sense. But why are all these people parking there in the summer? <laughs> why would they do? Oh, like right, tons right. of blackberries or something. I don't know. <laughs> Possibly uh, there was no apparent draw. You can't view the fireworks from there. Yeah, except for maybe a Christmas tree farm. But then you would expect that people would be, want to be parking there in the winter. In so the I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, it's uh, it's real pretty out there. And Is even it, mm. it's not on any like kind of state uh, forest or national forest grounds. No, most of it's private. I know okay. Warehouser so has a big like, plot. Do any camping or anything? Like, yeah, no fires can be burnt there. 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 They're very clear about that on the yeah. signs. Okay. Although there was a QR code you could scan to learn about recreational uses. Like apparently, people going in on foot are okay. Motorized transport is prohibited. So trying to figure out where bicycles fall into that, they don't say anything about bikes. I did see a guy on a bike going into the warehouser property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love when they have QR codes in an area where there is no service. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Can like you, you can scan this and then, I guess, go home and figure out what exactly it was going to I was going to say, can you bank those up? Is you, there a way? You can take a picture of one with one phone and oh. then scan it with the other phone when you get home. <laughs> this, this is a multiple tech situation. Like, you have, you have to be very well prepared with, with machines. <laughs> yeah. I did take a picture of it, so... We could do there that later go. on. I'll scan it yeah. with mine. Or, see, Adele came up with this idea while we were out riding, that if, uh, if, if we are there and they're not, how are they going to know that we went in there? Good point. And I won't... I mean, if, I, they had the, if they had the forethought to put a QR code where, like, a QR code is really unnecessary, chances right. are they're probably not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, apparently, on... Uh, <clears throat> Strava. There's uh, <laughs> there's another you place. You just embrace this now. I don't know. I uh, so Brian, I've been a long time uh, resistor of Strava because okay. it just seemed like it was all about like people racing against themselves or against the clock or whatever or against other people. King but of not the together. mountain. I mean, you know, it's it's fun for people who like to do that sort of thing. But I always thought like, why would I ever want that? And then it turns out I I need to find out how many calories I burn because I like too much beer. So uh, so it goes. But there is a wall. Not only where I went to uh, last weekend, I think, I climbed what something that was called the wall on Strava. There's another wall on Skyline. So it was steep. Oh, no, yeah. It's no fun. Yeah. How many did you, wait, say how much you climbed again? Or did oh, you? was it like 3,200 feet in all? Okay. So we didn't achieve an elevation of 3,200 feet, but we did go uphill. Right. The equivalent of thirty two hundred feet over the entire yeah over the entire trip. So it was good. It was good. There there are some roads out there, and the cool thing is, out in Columbia County and Washington County, there's a lot of like timber and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, if you got some fat tires, you get out there and you ride them. I think uh, it sounds like fun. Oh, that would be pretty cool. I don't have fat tires right now. I've got thirty two centimeter tires. It's just wide enough to feel like I'm not going to die if I hit some gravel. And I didn't, but I was worried. That's about, so, I mean, I don't know. I was riding on 28s back when I had 700 C wheels. And I, oh, yeah. I really liked And that's that. how you got to, that's how you got to Crater Lake, right? Yeah. On 28 <laughs> on centimeters 28s. through like yeah. washy gravel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also like, I don't, I don't put a lot of weight on my tires either. Yeah. Well, and that's for the best or for the worst. I don't know. And you were daredevil on that trip. You were excited about That's kind true. of sliding <laughs> and washing and gravel. It was a I good time. I can do for anything. You. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's what I did, and I'm super tired now. 
to the point where I didn't go on my midday run like I usually do. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Well, I think you made up for it. Uh, you and Adele calculated how many calories you burned, and it was more than like right. the USDA average daily caloric intake. Right. So. I got a day ahead on my exercise, and I'm three days behind on my intake. So, <laughs> so I, I think you're okay. So, no, no. No, I'm still... No. no. <laughs> I'm working harder. I'm working harder to stay in my limits. Dieting is hard. Yeah. So anyways, what did you do, Aaron? Uh, well, I'll tell you. Today, I got up at 4 a.m. Yeah, you did. And I went to work. And getting, like, going uh, out on a bicycle uh, commute. Yeah. Way more enjoyable at 5 than it is at 7. Isn't it? Yeah. I like yeah. being out, yeah, when no yeah. one else Honestly, is out. Honestly, that, that made the day for me. Right. Brian, um, do you do this? Every I do the yeah. 7 o'clock uh, ride. I never go for the 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like waking up early. Right. If it wasn't for the fact that I had to wake up at, at 4 to leave at 5, um, yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't have made that commute. That's but, the rough part of it. Yeah. But that was cool. The great thing about that is, you know, um, since I'm training, I'm only allowed like so many hours in a day. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so my day was over by like 1230, one o'clock. Good for you. And so, so you know, I, I went home. There we go. And uh, I don't know. Has, has this ever happened to you where like you're, you find yourself uh, with more time on your hands than you thought you were going to in the day? That used to happen to me. <laughs> and you're like, well, I got to do something with this. <laughs> What what did you do? Well, I I had I I made two stops actually. One was at uh, Rain or Shine Coffee uh, Coffee House, famously one of the better coffee houses around Mount. Yeah, Tampa. it's real chill. Um, they're not a roaster, so I imagine they get they often get looked over by the cool kids. Right. There but, is a new roaster over on like 80th, I think. Yeah. Down yeah. By PCC. East Portland Coffee Roasters. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's decent coffee. Cool. Um, I'm. I'm thrown off by the fountain in the middle of the of the uh, entryway. Yeah, in the middle of the entry. <laughs> yeah, is there coffee coming out of the fountain? No, no, it's it's a fountain fountain. Okay, so I agree. My with theory you. is because it used to be used to be like some sort of mini mart, right? And my yeah, my I remember when it was a mini mart. Like maybe there was like some water piping <laughs> that like came out of the floor in that area. That it was like the sanitary quite, sink or something. I don't know that they couldn't like quite you know, get rid of. And so they're like, I don't know. We'll just put a fountain here. We used to wash dishes here and we got to do something. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, because of that. And it's just like city water going through there. Right. Um, it's got kind of a weird chemical smell to it. Okay. And, uh, I didn't really notice this until someone pointed it out to me. And now like every time I've gone in there since, mm -hmm. You can't help but it's notice. It's ruined the experience. Yeah, yeah. It's sad because I really want that place to to succeed. Yeah. But I I can't drink my coffee in there mm -hmm. because all I can smell is the chemical of the of the water. It smells like decaf. What kind of yeah. fountain are we talking? Like, you know, uh, naked kids peeing. I was going to say the boy of the, Brussels. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a little bit more They're fancy like, than we probably should be. Oh, way, way. <laughs> yeah, way more fancy. Than High class. I've actually got a picture of it somewhere on my on my machine. Oh, okay. Uh, we could we could share that with the with the world. Why don't we? By Twitter. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, but what? Uh, what you went to get coffee? 
Oh, yeah. So I went to get coffee, uh, ran into a listener by the name of Tim. Tim. Uh, who I had met, gosh, sometime late in the summer. And uh, it was because I had a uh, snack parade sticker. Oh, yeah. And he was a big fan of snack parade. Snack parade is yeah. a good podcast. Be- yeah. Through snack parade found the sprocket podcast oh nice nice yeah. so uh yeah it's what is it uh gladdisbikes.com slash snack parade i think is where you can find that sure we'll if not go to gladdisbikes.com and they have episodes. the show somewhere. more will be coming yeah sometime yeah and you produce that show i do produce it which is your uh, connection to uh, snack yes parade. Yeah. but anyways we got to talking and he uh was talking about uh how he did the tour de france not the actual event but went uh, to France. So he didn't do the Tour de France. Yeah, had but his, he was well, had at his the Tour bike. de France. No, no. Oh, he did it. Had his bike, but then, like, well, he did the route. Oh. But he didn't, like, he wasn't part of the whole thing. Uh huh. You know, it wasn't while the tour was going on. Was he, he just, wearing a yellow he jersey? Did the route. I don't know. It's oh, a good question. I'll have to ask not. him next time you see him. <laughs> yeah. If I see him again, like, it was like, what, six or eight months since the right, last right. time I saw him. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. You get to know people over time. You don't. You don't want to like get nosy and ask. But all yeah, the questions I I apologize to Tim because I need to apologize to Tim because like I I hate it when people do this when I say hi to them and they don't recognize me. Ah, you know, and I totally did that to this guy. It was like, uh, you are. But it sounds like you didn't recognize him. I didn't. And you said it was six <laughs> or eight months. It was. Did he have a beard or was it longer or shorter than usual? He had a helmet on okay. and sunglasses. That's so. different than last time, yes. right? Okay. Well, no. When I met him, he had a helmet and sunglasses. Oh, okay. So I can see what you're talking about. But still, like, I, I felt a little guilty about it. Okay. It's like, I'm not a rock star. I'm... I, should remember people. Well, you are a rock star. I am and you should star. remember people. It's okay. <laughs> you know who is a rock star, though? Who? The people at Beer Monger. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 12th we are actually, yep, over on 12th and Division. We're drinking beers from the Beer Mongers right now. So uh, I've got the gigantic, uh, the business, which is a Brit American pale, which is pretty good. Gigantic has a bunch of good beers. And Brian, what do you have there? I have the uh, Old Town Warp Speed Coffee Pale Ale, and it yes. is uh, quite good. And I should point out, it has uh, what looks like the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon on the front. On the label, yeah. yeah. Who makes that again? Uh, this is Old Town. Old Town, yeah. And I've never actually had Old Town. They've been around now, making beer for like ten years or something, right? Or, yeah, the yeah. the pizza place. Yeah, gone beer place. Right, because it used to be Old Town Pizza, and I guess still is. Yeah, but now they also make beer. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, famously, they, they used to deliver pizzas in uh, Trike, I believe, a long time oh. ago. Oh, wow. Back when, oh. are they still downtown in Old Town? I think they are. Yeah, okay, they, they are. have a location there. I met a fan there one time deliver deliver a t-shirt this last oh, summer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's apparently still popular with the uh, tourist crowd, at least. Okay, yeah. And they have an, another large facility on uh, North MLK, like right. near Alberta and Killingsworth, I think. Yeah. Not that those two intersect, but near those two streets. They do a really good uh, Zwickle Mania when they uh, oh, really? open up uh, you know, and let people come in that one day. Yeah. I think it's coming up soon. Zwickle Mania is where like, all the breweries say, hey, all the people come in. And then yeah. people go to all the breweries in town all and at once. And they give samples, yeah. Yeah. Which I should do that this Ooh, year. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like some good people watching. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially for you who famously does not drink. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's the best day of the year for you. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you have? It's like the Christmas of people watching. <laughs> uh, I went with a classic today. Yes. I got a Lionheart. Lionheart, yes. Kombucha. Right, made by, uh, 
Who is it? Made by Lionheart. Oh, Lionheart is the company. <laughs> yeah. Well, there goes our potential sponsorship from them. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Portland Gingerbread. Oh, right, which is which made, is by, made Lionheart. by Lionheart. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. You have to say it like that. Cool. But anyways, <laughs> That's why I stopped and let you right. say it. Well, the Beer Mongers at Southeast Division and 12. Famously, a good place to drink. Yes. Yeah. You know where it is not a good place to drink? Where? Well, I don't know about drinking, but at least eating. This place that advertises that their tortas are super. Okay. Um, don't remember what that would be called. I, I don't remember either. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> tortas, not so great? They I had a less than super torta okay. at this place. Well, we're not saying anything about anybody. No. And no, yet. But it was... It subpar was so torta. Okay. <laughs> it was terrible. Okay. It was like the cheese was like Kroger brand. Oh, I felt gotcha. really bad. Like, okay, you ever go up to a new place? You're like, I'm going to try this out. Um, and you go there and you are totally overwhelmed by the menu. Okay. Everything looks so good. Well, or just, it's just all there. Okay. What am I going to eat? Ah. And you kind of choose something. Right. And then when the person takes your order, what comes out of your mouth is something completely different than what you had it in mind. Right, right. You're thinking, no, wait, I meant the fish tacos. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I'm too polite or embarrassed to say anything. Like I'm sorry, that was written so, in pen. It's yeah. it's indelible. So it looks like I got the the veggie torta. Okay. And, and that was not so great? No. Okay. It was well, just it was just a torta without meat, but okay. like they didn't add any more vegetables or even any more like meat or so just beans like, and bread. Well yeah, yeah, <laughs> beans and bread and, and bad cheese. <laughs> what yeah. constitutes bad cheese? Like it just had a bad flavor? Yeah, it was like Velveeta. Okay, not rancid cheese. No, I don't. No, think it was so. like it was like uh, processed cheese or uh, or fake cheese. No, but I was feeling pretty bad coming home. Okay, like not physically, but just bad. Like, why did I spend my money? On I that? see. Yeah, Brian, have you ever ordered anything from a restaurant that you actually didn't want? Yeah, uh, happens all the time. Like like you said, at new places. Okay, you're just looking at the menu, and, th- and then you know your mouth opens, and you're like, "Where did that come from?" Gotcha. <laughs> that type of thing. How how big of a distinction was that? Was it like you wanted a sub sandwich and it came out as a burrito, or or was it just like like you didn't want anchovies and yet you ordered them? You know, I I would think that if you're at the place anyway, you'd be happy with whatever's on the menu. <laughs> you would think, yeah. But you know, y- yourself works against you sometimes. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, Brian, tell us about unipiping. This is, uh, it, first of all, explain what it is you do. Because not everyone, well, people are listening to this, and they may or may not see the picture we post with it. So uh, what is it you do? Sure. Um, I uh, ride a unicycle while playing the bagpipes, which sometimes uh, spout fire out the top. And I do this uh, while wearing a kilt and usually a Darth Vader mask. There we go. Yeah. I think I covered it all there. And it sounds, it sounds weird. And I suppose, like, technically it qualifies. But it all kind of comes together in a nice presentation. So how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this now for about 10 years. Okay. And do you remember where the idea came from? Um, You know, I really wish I could say I woke up one day and had this idea. (laughs) Because I would love to replicate another idea like that. Yeah. Uh, But it's just something that sort of uh, was pieced together over time. Okay. Uh, So... At the Genesis, I was learning to play the bagpipes when I found a unicycle in a dumpster. Okay. So the bagpipes came first. Just barely. Okay. Yeah. What what inspired you to learn the bagpipes? 
Well, the, uh, I learned the bagpipes because there was a uh, pipe uh, band. It was a sheriff's pipe band uh, where I was going to school Okay, in Virginia. And uh, they were giving free bagpipe lessons. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I, I, I had some free time on my hands, and I guess I thought learning to play the bagpipes was a good way to fill that time. They're an enchanting sound. I remember that was always my favorite part of the parade when I was young, uh, just like whenever the, you know, the sheriff's band or whatever came by. And, you know, bagpipes. They, they're all kind of like like uh, this warbling reed that's like slightly out of tune with the one next to it, but they all kind of wash together into this beautiful sound. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, people love them or they hate them. And, uh, you know, they, they either put chills on the back of your neck for good or bad reasons. Right. Right. But either way, chills. Yes. Yeah. They, they will affect you. Right. <laughs> There's no chance that they won't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, riding, I think riding home from Velo Cult one night after some events and uh, the traffic division of Portland police on 47th has a bagpipe band that practices in their garage. Oh, yeah. really? Wonderfully resonant inside that garage, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. And there's just enough, like, little holes in, in the decorative brick or something for the noise to kind of seep out right, in a right. pleasing way as you pass by. So I don't know when they practice, that's a thing. But uh, but you, you you could find them, theoretically. So you learned the bagpipes. I did, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then you found a unicycle. Yeah, found okay. the unicycle. Yeah. And uh, taught myself to ride that in about three weeks' time. Okay. Yeah. So... Tell us about unicycling, because I, we haven't really talked to anybody that unicycles, as I far as I can remember. I think this might be our first unicycler. Right. Um, what, uh, what do you need to know to stay upright on a unicycle? Um, to stay upright on the unicycle, you have to pretend that the seat of the unicycle um, just continues straight up, going through your butt, straight up your spine, all the way to your head. Okay. Um, and, and that sort of remains as, you know, an unbending... Uh, center of gravity that is your axis yes okay yeah interesting and, and then the, the whole idea is to keep the wheel underneath you uh-huh. um and if you need to you know move it forward or move it back you're just you know balancing your body uh on top of that wheel okay yeah. so people i mean these days famously the uh the segway is a thing that kind of balances itself and people can stand on top of it. So they're familiar with that sort of like lean to the, move sort of thing. Yeah. And right. then the hoverboard. Hoverboards, the, yeah. Which aren't hoverboards. Which aren't hoverboards. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Don't, it's the worst. It's a pet it's a terrible name. <laughs> we all know what a hoverboard is, and damn it, that is not a hoverboard. Right, it's got wheels. Mattel yeah. should have been making the hoverboard. Well, naturally, yeah. Back to the Future is where it was at. Right. Did you see that fake uh, video that they made of like, an actual hoverboard. Oh, this was yeah. like way, like, way back. They, yeah, five years ago or something. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of something else. Okay. It was like, They've done a number of those like hoaxes right. recently to try to capitalize on the whole 2015 thing. Right. I think they even did one with uh, Christopher Lloyd. In, That's the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, my God, you've done it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, um, thanks a lot, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> just perpetuating that. Yeah. Well, guys, guys got to pay his bills, man. <laughs> it's true, but there was like no tip off that it was not real. Really, so I was yeah. so disappointed. Oh, wow. yeah. So people said you could see the wires, and I didn't see the wires. But anyways, suffice to say, hoverboards you can also lean on those, and they move. But the unicycle, you lean. You and, lean, yeah. Uh, so uh, another way to look at it is uh, riding a bicycle. You have two wheels, one in front of you, and you know one kind of behind you. Right. And that takes care of the front and balance, uh, front and back balance. You don't have to do anything to not fall forward or fall backwards. Uh-huh. You just lean side to side. Right. Well, in the unicycle, it's just one more dimension. Not only do you have to balance side to side, but then you also have to take care of that forward and backwards balance yourself. Yeah. 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 So you're working in, uh, well, three dimensions, I guess. Yeah. As opposed to two. Yeah. In and, a way. And then a really good way to learn the unicycle, if you're trying to learn... 
um, is to find a, a long hallway where you can touch the walls. Okay. And until you kind of uh, uh, get uh, the motion of the forward and backwards balance, uh, until your body starts to learn that, um, you can use the walls to take care of that side-to-side balance. Right, right. Um, and then you can get, you know, eventually move away from that wall. And then you start trying to make one entire rotation of the wheel and then two rotations. And then you eventually get to the point where it just kind of clicks and you can just ride forever. Right. And that's, I'm sure anyone who's ever tried to learn how to do anything like recognizes that moment. I mean, it's like riding a bicycle, but just right. like the whole thing where at, at some point you're like, oh, this makes sense to me. It's like when I learned to water ski because I was, I was terrified of water skiing. And yet, you know, once I learned how to do I it, it's like, oh, figured that out. yeah, I can't do slalom, but two skis is where yeah. it's at. It's coming back someday. See, so. somehow, like, one ski makes more sense to me than two. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's uh, it's a cool thing to do, a cool thing to be able to do. It's and, fun, you yeah. know. You, you, I still in, really enjoy riding because there's, like, this sense of freedom. Um, whenever I ride bicycle now, by, by uh, just naturally, I, I tend to ride bicycle with with no hands on the handlebars yeah. just because it feels weird to <laughs> right. like hold on to something. To like be leaning one way or another. What is this yeah. thing? It's unnecessary. <laughs> so I, I assume you rode a bike as a kid. Yeah. But uh, when when you grew up and you found the unicycle, were you riding bicycles at that point? Uh, I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so you, obviously you've been doing a lot more unicycling lately. Yes. Um, well, over the past 10 years. But uh, so, so what would you say your mode split is? Like how often do you bicycle versus how often do you unicycle? Uh, it's actually a lot more bicycling than unicycling. Okay. Uh, simply because I, I commute, uh, to work, um, by bicycle yeah. every day pretty Makes much. Sense. And Not to unipiping, but to other work. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and as much as I would like to be unicycling every day, that's, uh, not how things are set up right now. One step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So, so you, you kind of, uh, you adopted unicycling alongside of bicycling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so We've got the bagpipes. We've got the unicycle. What comes next to put together this presentation that you have? Sure. Yeah, it wasn't until, I don't know, a year and a half after I started riding unicycle um, that I finally uh, felt confident enough uh, on the unicycle where I wasn't going to fall and damage my bagpipes if I were to attempt this feat. Right. Um, so yeah, by I that point... those are pretty expensive to repair. They are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> set of, uh, like, starter set of pipes is going to run you in the neighborhood of 1500 Sweet um, Jesus. Yeah. So as a uh, poor college student, you know, you didn't want right. to risk that. Right. It's the only set you get. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Break it. and Well, you already bought it, but. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you break it, you don't buy it. That's again. right. Again. Yeah. Right. So anyways, um, you know, as soon as I tried uh, playing the pipes while riding the cycle the first time, it, it, it was, again, one of those things that just clicked and it worked so well. I was shocked. And, and then I was immediately disappointed that I hadn't tried that. A yeah. lot sooner. Right. It's like this This just goes together. Yeah. Yeah. Like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Or like maybe like peanut butter and chocolate where like you wouldn't oh, intuitively right. at first put it together. And but, then someone's like, hey, have you ever tried this? And you're like, oh, this is great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, I mean, in some ways, unicycling is a hands-free thing already. But I mean, it depends on how you ride, I'm sure. Like some people would obviously to to mount or dismount the unicycle you're using your hands to steady the seat right yeah um you can mount without hands it's a little bit more tricky yeah uh it's an advanced maneuver right um but uh uh riding um i forgot where i was going with that 
Oh, that, that's all right. No, but uh, riding without hands, like, w- was it difficult to uh, to right, right, I re- to get the bagpipes like and the, the whole thing put together? So that's right. When you're riding, um, until you uh, really get the balance down on the unicycle, you see a lot of people ride with their hands out, you okay, know, for for extra balance. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you don't really have control of your hands because you need them to help you balance. Right, as um, though you're on a tightrope or something. Exactly. So w- once you get to the point where you don't really have to hold your arms out while you're riding anymore, that's when your arms are free to do something else. Gotcha. Such as hold bagpipes, I guess. Right, right, yeah. And so that innate sense of balance, again, it's one of those things that probably just clicks. Have yeah. you tried um, other things before the bagpipe? Have you tried, like, knitting while... while- uh, unicycling. You know, I think and, uh, you know, like so macrame. I, I played trumpet before I played bagpipes. Okay, and I think I tried uh, playing trumpet on the oh, unicycle, okay. which works and it works fairly well, but it just doesn't click. You know, yeah. it, it does. It, it's not like that peanut butter and chocolate popping flavor. Right, right, right. right. Although fans of ska can tell you that you can play the trumpet with just one hand if you want oh. to. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, nice. So and so you, you can skank with the other. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I guess throw punches. Depending on the show. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so you got all, on the unicycle, you're playing the bagpipes. Uh, what comes next? Um, what comes next after that uh, was learning to play Star Wars on the bagpipes. There we go. Yeah, that was another sort of natural progression. It's like, oh, I can play the bagpipes. And, right. Yeah. Uh, the, so the thing you have to re- remember about the bagpipes is you can only play nine notes on the bagpipes. Okay. So you have a very limited range. That uh, does give you an octave. Yeah, plus so, one, an octave plus one. Right. And uh, so so not every song works on the pipes. Uh-huh. Like the uh, Star-Spangled Banner. Uh, not at all. Not <laughs> that, that's one of my pet peeves, again, is when people contact me. Hey, we're having this sporting event, and uh, we'd love to have you come out and play this, the national anthem on the bagpipes. What about the galactic anthem? Um, well, if we, yeah. that, 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 yeah. that could work. If only that flew. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah, so uh, you're limited in the, in the range of notes you can play on the bagpipes, but the Star Wars theme fits it, in there. It did, yeah. yeah. It worked perfect. Um, so it, it wasn't long after that to where uh, I was like, oh, well, the next step, obviously, would be uh, getting a Darth Vader costume. Right. Yes. Yeah, uh, so you've got the kilt. Yeah, the kilt came before the Darth Vader. Right, and the pictures I've seen... Uh, the kilt was p- sort of part of the bagpipe, I imagine. Right, that came with the pipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've got that. And then is it Darth Vader on top, kilt on bottom? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There we go. It's like, it'd be like one of those weird mermaids, I guess, if it was the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, uh, what's your footwear like? What, what do you need to wear to, uh, to unicycle well and properly? Uh, my favorite footwear for unipiping uh, is my Chaco sandals. Oh, there we go. Yep. Nice. Those are good. Are you, a, are you a toe strap or toe strap less oh, kind of guy? No toe strap. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, my wife is a toe strap person, and I've never quite understood it. Yeah, there's definitely two two types of people. The reason I wear sandals is to get away from that like thing between I, your toes. I can't, I can't do open toe anything. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you're you're famously a fan of the sambas. That's true from Adidas. Yes, yeah. I wear them to bed sometimes. <laughs> Mine got eventually so thin that I could have worn them as slippers. <laughs> yeah. But that meant I, I moved on to other other right. pastures. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we've got. Uh, We've got the um, the Darth Vader getup. We've got the bagpipes. We've got the unicycle. Where do the flames factor into this? 
the flames come from an idea I had uh, one time that I was performing as Darth Vader. And a lady comes up to me after I was done playing. And she's like, oh, you know, wow, that's really great. You can do the bagpipes. You can do the unicycle and the Star Wars. But where's the fire? <laughs> really? That just just came out. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Right. And you're like, a challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So are, are you at liberty to say uh, how you produce this fire? Uh, yeah, I can talk no, about okay. it. I, I wasn't sure how many trade secrets you want to give away. Yeah, but. I know. Um First, I tell people uh, I just use the force. There we go. Yeah. There we, that's, that's the natural. That's the public-facing answer. Yes. Yeah. And then people laugh, and then there'll be that one guy in the crowd who's like, no. How does it really, really work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the science behind this? Right. Um, you know, I, uh, I can tell Metichlorians, you. Metichlorians, man. Come on. <laughs> the answer I like to give, uh, the, the partly true answer, at least, is uh, I strap a... So, so you you know, you got this guy on a unicycle with bagpipes and a propane tank strapped to his back. There you go. And that's essentially yeah. what it is. So propane flames. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Well, that's... Propane is... Uh, while it's a volatile material, it's uh, kind of controllable. And you can run a camp stove or you can run pyrotechnics. Yeah. Nice. I imagine easier than, like, most other combustible yeah. uh, liquids or gases. Right. Well, I feel like other other things are not as easily controlled, like regulated, as far as like the flow. Right, right that's right. the big thing. Like yeah. propane is the propane's been around long enough that people have kind of figured out we wanted it exactly this pressure, and this is yeah, nice. So where has the Unipiper showed up? Uh, like obviously you're a fixture around Portland. Um, you also do events. Uh, yeah. So where have you gone? Um, almost everything in Portland. Yeah. Has had a Unipiper. The Unipiper there at one point or another uh-huh. uh lots of beer festivals okay uh those are always great uh parades um i was at the uh, grand opening of the tilikum bridge oh nice nice yeah, that was very cool yeah yeah um i've even uh dabbled in uh international performances um i've been uh invited to uh denmark and gotten to perform in copenhagen really yeah wow yeah yeah uh done several uh celtic festivals up in canada there we go um you know, you you name it. Uh, You've I, been there. Been there. Yeah. yeah. Weddings and funerals. There we go. Yeah. Really? Someone had the Unipiper as for yes. a funeral? Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they were like, oh, you know, the, the deceased would have just loved this. And uh, <laughs> like, like this is <laughs> their personality. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Puts a smile on everyone's face, at least. I'm going to put it on record right now that I would I would like the Unipiper at my funeral. All right. We got a book if right here. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what it is yet, well, but we'll be in touch. Don't worry. My my estate will pay you. I, I book starting six months in advance. <laughs> All right. Excellent. I got Excellent. at least that much. That'd be like that'd be a weird retainer as a as a performer. <laughs> just be like, well, whenever whenever you die, well, yeah, we'll arrange that later. Uh, so, how was just speaking of Denmark? When you were there, was that the first time you had been? Uh, it was yes. Okay, yeah. What what was that like when you were like? Did, what did you notice? Uh, it, it was a very uh, bike friendly mm-hmm. city. It's um, what we've heard. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I was there longer and actually had uh, two wheels. I could have gotten around and seen a little bit more. Right. Right. Did you unicycle all around there then? I unicycled as much as my legs could uh, right. could take me. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a range when you're riding? Like, how far unicycling can you go? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily judge it by distance, but uh, more uh, like time of performance. Sure. So, uh, in the in the summer, about an hour and a half okay. is my stamina. Yeah. Um, of riding and playing. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Well, and playing because you're like you're expelling additional air for your instrument, and even yeah. though like the bagpipes work on a kind of a bellows system, like you inflate, the you have thing. to keep them full, and it's it's all about steady airflow, right? Constant right. pressure. Yeah. So uh, it's similar to an accordion, I suppose. Right. Like you can't let an accordion go flat, or then you lose your right. your notes. Yeah. So same with the bagpipes. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, sometimes, depending on, like, the uh, time of year, sometimes it will be uh, my my lips that are the first to go, and I'm just like, I can't play anymore. <laughs> sometimes it'll be my legs, and I'm like, oh, can't ride anymore. Right, right, right. <laughs> Never know what's going to go first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are, are you easily recognized in public? Like, if you don't, I, I mean, like, do you stow things away when you're done in a uh, black suitcase or something? Or Oh, yeah, like I usually just booth or something. hop into my car. Um, or yeah. I work downtown, too, so sometimes I'll just pop into the office, and that's kind of like my phone booth. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I would imagine, like, you don't want to be the guy that's, like, the unipiper, but he's, like, dragging his unicycle behind him. Oh, yeah, know? no, no, no. I never, a... never, never walk it. People <laughs> will just look at you and... Uh, even just carrying the bagpipes, the, 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 I'll be riding the unicycle carrying the bagpipes, and people will sarcastically be like, oh, yeah, I bet you can't play them. Oh, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> Who do you think you are, the unipiper? <laughs> yeah. I have had that before. Someone asked me, oh, are you the guy or are you just dressed as the guy? <laughs> right, right. Totally. <laughs> or when I go to Comic-Con and people are like, oh, man, killer unipiper cosplay. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. I want to meet the guy who's cosplaying as you. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> well, well, maybe I don't. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> could be like one of those super fans. I'm your biggest fan. Right. <laughs> well, I feel like you occupy a unique position in pop culture because you're not you're not as famous as Superman. Say, like, not like I don't know. I'm sure there's a place where people haven't heard of you, although your fame has spread far and wide. Yeah. But uh, but you're also, like, more famous than uh, the guy who, like, wears, like, three different colors of pants every day or something. I don't uh, Yeah. Or the living statue. Right, right. Like the silver every man. City has a, be, yeah. you know, every That's city true. has one of those. Yeah, yeah. But what's it like being kind of an iconic personality? I'm still trying to figure that out and come to terms with uh-huh. that and, and what it means, because I don't think anyone uh, sets out to be um, a personality in quite this way. Right. Um, so it just kind of built up and happened around me. Um, and uh, it, it is kind of neat because um, I, I will be at a bar or something and, and overhear a conversation where people are talking about me or I'll just hear someone on their phone, like playing one of my videos. Oh, right. And <laughs> Check like, this oh, guy out. Yeah. Isn't that weird? There I am. Sometimes I choose not to say anything, but sometimes yeah. I'll go over there and just like lay my card down. Um, or so, Some guy recently uh, stopped me in downtown Portland asking for directions, um, and he was obviously like a tourist. And, and then I was like, and, uh, and and then I just pulled out a sticker and said, and, and when you go home, tell him uh, you met the Unipiper. And he was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. That's pretty, but, that's pretty but, great. But it's not like... I don't know. It's not like you set out to to like be this iconic figure, right? Right. And, and the fact that mostly what I'm famous for is wearing a mask, it, it is kind of like a you know Peter Parker, Clark Kent, right, secret sure. identity thing, right? I, I have or even had, uh, Anthony Daniels. Yeah, yeah. You know, people don't not face recognizable. Right. But I have had a couple. Or Peter Mayhew. These are people that played people in Star Wars. <laughs> or David Prowse. Yes. Um, I have had a couple of people recognize me without the mask, and, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's yeah, that's like another level. Right, right. But it's not common. <laughs> well, and like you mentioned, you do have a day job, so it's not like this is, uh, you're not that famous yet. Right, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Although someday you could be. 
Could be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see. Ask me again in a year. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what What are the downsides, or are there any downsides to being the Unipiper? Uh, the downsides would be that uh, I, I have no free time. Uh-huh. Um, I was kind of curious about that. Yeah. So so being the Unipiper takes all of what uh, would be my free time uh, when I'm not at my day job. Right. Um, now, fortunately, I, I really, really enjoy being the Unipiper. And that seems like it, it should be the case. Like, if you didn't enjoy it, you shouldn't do it, right? Exactly. Okay. I, I wouldn't, you know, uh, it just, uh, if it stopped being fun, then uh, I, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and I think that's one thing that people kind of like about it. They, they see me doing it, and obviously I'm having fun doing it, and, you know, they, people can get behind something like that. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, as long as it continues to be fun for me, I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it. Nice. Nice. Um, but, but yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I have other interests uh, other than bagpipes and <laughs> unicycles and Star Wars. Those are all great things. But, oh, come uh, on, you're putting us on. <laughs> you can't have other interests. One of these days, maybe I will uh, have, have time to uh, pursue some of my other interests in a, in a little bit more uh, um, f- fully. Right. Well, that is the question, too, because I feel like this happens with bicycle touring for sure. Like, uh, for example, Tom Allen, um, oh, yeah. who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Famously from Janapar, uh, he did world bicycle touring for like five years. And then at some point he was like, you know what? Um, I'm really glad I did this bicycle touring thing, but I, I want to do some other things. Right. Like I, I'd like to drag a cart across the desert and I'd like to ride a horse through Peru or, you know, like there are all these other adventures he wanted to take that weren't bicycle touring things. And he had to at some point abdicate his bicycle touristness to do something else. So, yeah. I mean, do you see a lifetime or a lifespan on this? Uh unclear right okay, now yeah, yeah. Um, which is fine yeah, yeah. It, it is fine um i i have taken months off before yeah i'm like uh you know this past october i 2015 was just absolutely crazy um i, I had a, a beer release with rogue and right which um the unipipa is yes, that how you say it yeah or the unipipa okay okay yeah. gotcha and then, and then immediately after that, I was on America's Got Talent, and then I had to go to Scotland and perform in the largest performing arts festival in the world. Uh-huh. And then I was like, "All right, after this, the month of October, you will not see the Unipiper." Right, right. And, it's uh, a it's a pipe sabbatical. Yes, it was. But okay. then the Star Wars premiere came out. I know. And oh I yeah, get, I had to get ready for that. <laughs> what What was? <laughs> did that you like, like go up and down the lines? I did uh, <laughs> yeah. in front of, in front of the uh, Baghdad Theater nice. uh, yeah. The premiere. Yeah. And uh, was that was that something that they had asked you to do, or what, were you like, I'm yeah. just going to do this? So there was a uh, Star Wars themed scavenger hunt. Um, oh, for real! That uh, Barfly PDX was uh-huh. sponsoring, um, and it, it was up and down Hawthorne, and it was like seven different bars, and it was fantastic fun. They had people were dressing up. They had a costume contest, and uh, one of the items on the scavenger hunt was a selfie with the Unipiper. Okay, um, so, so you yeah, had to be there. Yeah, I had to be there, just like <laughs> cruising around, and you know, people would r- chase me down and yeah. get their selfie. <laughs> <laughs> and get that point for that. Um, and, and then uh, prior to the premiere of the 10 o'clock showing at the Baghdad, I was just, you know, circling there. And um, I, as I'm performing out there, I see the uh, cop car pull up and turn its lights on. And I'm out there doing fire. And, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of waiting for, you know, so, someone, some When's authority. the hammer going to drop? Yeah, exactly. And so the, the cop car just pulls right in front of the Baghdad and runs over to me. And I'm like, oh, well, here we go. And right here in front of everyone. Yep. And he's like, oh, my gosh, can I get my picture with you? <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That that's how it ought to be. That uh that's the one of the things I love is when like you expect a cop to be doing his job 
And the cop is instead like, hey, this Actually is cool. Actually doing his yeah, job, this is like fun. connecting with the community. And then the next day, yeah. I ended up on the uh, Portland Police Instagram. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's hilarious. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, do you have thoughts about the uh, uh, the future of the franchise, the Star Wars movies? Because it sounds like we're going to have a Star Wars movie from now until people get tired of it. Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. right. Does and, this and, bode well for the Unipiper? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm excited as anyone else. You know, I, I thought the, the last movie was totally fun. Uh-huh. And, and the fact that people are genuinely excited about Star Wars again, it's right. not a bad thing. It's a cultural thing. But we are about to learn the answer to the question is, how long does it take for people to get tired of Star Wars? Right, right. And there's no way to answer that question until it happens, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and it's going to be a different answer for the hardcore fans as opposed to the general public. Right. Um, but either way, there's going to be more Star Wars. And if, you know, <laughs> Episode 7 was any indication, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if you had said that we were going to get tons more Star Wars after the prequels, you know, that might have been a bad thing. Right, right. And they've already ruled out the expanded universe, right? Like, we, we're not working with that. The, well, so there's already a lot that of people was the that official unhappy. statement that went out. Okay. They're not going to use the expanded universe. However, there was a lot in the movies that I would say highly referenced okay. much of the expanded universe. And we're not telling you what to believe, you know? Nope. We're universe agnostic. Like, you can, you can believe whatever you want to believe about Star Wars. Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. That is a universal constant. <laughs> uh, uh, has, has anyone from, like, has anyone, like, officially, like, contacted you, like, from the Star Wars, uh, I don't know, estate? Well, uh, the closest I've had to that, I guess, was uh, this summer I had a film crew uh, from Lucasfilm come out and follow the Unipiper around for a day. Um, And it was actually the day of the uh, uh, Orange Line Max uh, opening. Oh, yeah. And um, uh, they they were filming a series called – it was actually the film crew of uh, Morgan Spurlock. Um, the guy behind okay. Super Size yeah, yeah. Me and some other... 30 Days 30 of days. X. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, this film crew was doing a series called In a Galaxy. And okay. they were doing uh, profiles on 22 different Star Wars fans. Fantastic. Um, and the series is ongoing right now. Um, and it's uh, I've got the link to the video up on my Facebook page. And it's also... Um, the, the whole series is available on uh, Verizon's new uh, video streaming app called Go90. So if you want to see all 20 profiles, you can check that out. Very cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's... It, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Nice. Um, I was curious, uh, when you're riding it, you referenced being in the street, so I assume you ride in the street. Yes. Uh, you also ride on sidewalks? Uh, yes. Okay. Which yeah. do you prefer? Um, whichever has uh, less traffic. Okay. It, it totally depends where in the situation right. and, and what's going on. Uh, unicycle, it's kind of walking, it's kind of biking. It, you know, you just have to use common sense. Totally. So from a unicycling perspective, what uh, what would you tell the city of Portland? What, what's it doing well? What does it need to work on? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it needs a dedicated unicycle lane, I think. There we go. Yeah, because uh, it, it is hard because, you know, I'm going to have people yell at me on the street, uh-huh. and I'm going to have people yell at me on the sidewalk. So right. you know, the yeah, question is, what so. is a unicyclist to do? Um, I, I'm waiting. I, I think they should reach out to me and, you know, we should sit down at a table and, and plan something out. We know some people. Now, <laughs> I know that they're aware of the Unipiper because yeah. uh, this summer some uh, planning documents came out um, from the city for uh, proposed bike lanes. And in the bike lane for the image of like of the bikers, they used the Unipiper there oh, we really? go. As, as their representation <laughs> there of we a go. biker. That's so I thought fantastic. I was getting my lane, but then I found out that it was 
dirty lies. Okay. Well, <laughs> you you can't have everything at once, I guess. It, it, one day, one day. Yeah. Have you have you uh I guess unicycled with other unicyclists or are you pretty much just kind of on your own? I'm pretty much on my own. Yeah. Um, I used to be like in a bagpipe band with other pipers, uh, yeah. but I don't have time for that anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't have any, you know, I, uh, none of my friends unicycle, none of my coworkers unicycle. Um, I'm fine being the only cyclist I know. Okay. Um, you know, then people, uh, well, the, the great thing about playing the bagpipes here is no one knows what bagpipes are really supposed to sound like. Right. So people right. can't really judge me. Yeah. Kind of yeah, goes yeah. the same unicycling too. Yeah, yeah. You know, people don't know like, what you're supposed to look like while you're riding a unicycle. So they're not going to judge me, but online. Oh my gosh. I will have, uh, people, commenters on YouTube, oh. um, call me out for my choice of like unicycle or my unicycle seat or my pedals. Oh really? Yeah. Like the purists. And they're yeah. like, wow, it needs to be carbon fiber. Yeah. He can't call himself a true unicyclist on that frame. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. I uh, mean, you just put yourself out there and it happens. You got to be resilient. Yeah. yeah. Well, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to share with the world before we uh, move on to our news and mail? Um, if you want to catch the Unipiper soon, um, I'm going to have my own table at the uh, Wizard World Comic Con. Uh, oh, you are? Yeah. Right uh, on. Over at the convention center. Uh, You're in Portland, Oregon? Uh, here in Portland, Oregon, yeah, uh, the 19th through the 21st of February. Yep, uh, you can come by and uh, my table and see me and uh, get a picture and all that good stuff. Buy Fabulous. a t-shirt, buy stickers. That's fantastic. Yeah. They were selling tickets at OMSI After Dark last Wednesday, two oh, Wednesdays yeah. ago. Um, it was like this whole superhero theme, uh, OMSI After Dark. Oh, yeah, that's and, I've done yeah. a couple of those. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll also be giving away some tickets to that Comic-Con, too. Oh, there so we go. So look for the Follow Unipiper. me on Facebook, yeah, they'll... Uh, some chances to win some free passes. Right. And they can find you on social media. Yep. You kind of, you post your location. You let people know where they can expect to find you at some point or sometime. That's right. I do the best I can. You know, I, I do have people that uh, come to town and, you know, send me angry messages like, where can I see you? I'm in Portland and this is my vacation. And obviously I, I should be able to see the Unipiper. <laughs> it's my right. Yeah. My God given right to see the Unipiper in person. I came to Portland just for this. So I do what I can to let people know where I'm going to be. But, you know, you can't please everyone. That is considerate of you. I stood in line for three hours for these donuts. <laughs> and I never, never saw the Unipiper. How often do you pass the voodoo line? Um, that's one of whenever I'm downtown. That's like okay. one of my mandatory stops. I would imagine. I imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, and and it used to be in front of the Keep Portland Weird sign too. Until the uh, parking lot uh, sort of became parking lot Nazis about uh, people taking photos and standing in front of the line. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's sad. If you paint it, they will come, and then then you'll get mad. Yeah. Now, if you want to stand in the parking lot to take a picture of the Keep Portland Weird sign, uh, they'll chase you away unless you actually have a car parked in the lot. So really? it's kind of an admission system. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're prejudiced against people without cars. I, yeah. Wow. Oh, and totally. Like, um, so obviously I feel some, I like to film some of my Unipiper videos in front of this yeah, sign. Of right. course. And uh, uh, I, I've been, they've come up to me and I'll, I'll pull like a 20 out of my wallet and just be like, here you go. Uh, you know, consider me paid. And they'll be like, no, you have to have a car here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I had to go get my car and, and, and bring it and park it in the <laughs> lot in order for them to let me continue to be there. Oh, Fascists. Man. I know. So it goes. All right. Give me some drums here. <laughs> So oh, I got, okay, I got this comes. idea. All right. Look, I'm not asking you to do anything illegal. However, I think it's your God-given right to take a picture of any wall that you want to. With the Unipiper. With, and especially with the Unipiper. So I want you to go out there. I want you to find the Unipiper. I want you to get that 
Key Portland weird sign. I want you to take a picture of it. Yeah. Sorry, did I cut you, you off early? And you don't need a car for it either. Yeah. No, especially don't bring your car. Thank you. Unless you needed to get in, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> it's tricky. Yes. Yeah. So there we go. That's our call to action. Or what would be we really cool? We could stage cool? a rally. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 What would be really cool is if we could get people with their bikes, like holding up their bikes Seriously? near that sign, yeah. like see how many we can <laughs> we can get. <laughs> All right, that's our Petapalooza event. <laughs> there we go. When we do oh, our, that is yeah, yeah. We do great. our twenty four hour live podcast. At least part of it will involve that. All right. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Brian Kidd, thank you very much. Where can people find the Unipiper on the internet? Uh, you can find me at my website at theunipiper.com. Find me on Facebook slash the Unipiper. You can find me on Twitter slash the Unipiper or on Instagram at the Unipiper. You got them all. Do you have an angel fire? <laughs> you know the, those are going to be those are going to come back in style again. I bet. I better get it now before right. all the hipsters grab or them. GeoCities. Yeah. Yeah. I had a GeoCities. I had my AOL Instant Messenger. I was always more of a Pepsi fan, you know, or an RC Cola, just like the underdog. Uh, well, thank you again for coming in. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. And now it's time for mail and news. So, first off, news. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like it. My bike is fast. I like it. My bike is fast. I like it. My bike is fast. It circles around the city lights. Can I do the... Uh, the, the calendar? Yeah. Because there's so many events that we've been... Uh, we got lots. Yeah, yeah. April 5th, 7 p.m., Humanity on Wheels. It's stories about transit from Kick-Ass Oregon History and TriMet Diaries at the Jack London Bar. You should go. Microcosm Publishing turns 20 uh, February 12th. That's just next week. 5 p.m. at Velo Cult is a big party. Um, February 11th, the night before, at 7.30 p.m. at Powell's Bill Books, is reading Hawthorne. Powell's. Yeah, and yeah. You, you've been reading his memoir, so I haven't read it yet. I just got my own copy now. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. so now, now I have no excuse. It's part of my BFF subscription. Just Aww. came today. Very cool. Nice. And oh. uh, the last one here is, uh, well, do you want to read this one? Since it's uh, more of a news article. I'll do my best. Tom Allen introduces the Janapar Grant for young cycle tourists. Um, and what it is is uh, after like you were saying, after years of cycle touring uh, and having all these great cycle adventures, he wants to pass it on to other people. Uh, And so they've created, or him and some people have created the Janapar Grant. Yeah, he's kind of partnering with a lot of people for uh, sponsorships for stuff. Yes. Uh, Oxford Bike Works will get you a custom-built touring bike and workshop fitting session. Caradice Super C front and rear expedition panniers and handlebar bag. Polaris Adventure Cycling Jersey, shorts, jacket, trousers, and neck gaiter. Tent, sleeping bag, sleeping mat, and cook set. Travel clothing and accessories, tools, and spares. Yeah. So the, here's the catch. Yes. To apply for the grant, you must be a permanent resident of the UK. All right. Now, is that defining UK as Scotland as well? Uh, So far. Better be. I know, because... There's been some contention about that. I, I was going to say, maybe not for much longer. <laughs> right. I don't know. Right. I mean, most of that is up to Scotland. I mean, he seems like a, a generous guy. I would think that <laughs> I would think that he's okay with, uh, you know. Sure. That, that sort mean, of thing is not going to affect this. But, but you've sure. got to be from the British Isles, I guess. Uh, right. Or, well, they don't own Hong Kong anymore. Right. Their, their lease was up. So not since 2000. Wait, yeah. 1999? 2000. Yeah, I don't know. Back, back, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other UK 
uh, territories abroad. Right. <laughs> we'll get our, get our um, picture in here. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, you need to be between twenty or 18 and 25 at the planned outset of your journey. Because this is sort of like a uh, coming-of-age ritual right. sort of offering. Uh, planning to begin traveling this year, 2016. Planning to travel in parts of the world with which you are not familiar. Planning to travel for at least six months. Expecting to travel alone for the majority of the journey. Intending to make full use of the equipment and mentorship provided by the Janapar grant and free from any contractual or other obligations to other companies or organizations in terms of the journey you are planning. Right. Yeah. So uh, it seems like a lot of perhaps stringent uh, restrictions, except for the fact that this is really it is a leg up for you if you want well, to go out and do exactly what Tom did, which is pretty it's damn the, cool. It's the 18 to 25 thing that I think especially is attractive um yeah i mean obviously i'm disqualified but well at 25 you get your own bike and panniers so (laughs) if you want to get it before then right yeah at 25 yeah you should be going you should get it yourself but But, this is pretty cool and also the mentorship i think think it's a great like you're saying a coming of age it's a great kind of uh that that age window is is i think rife or necessary for these big experiences yeah and uh, we can't guarantee it, but Tom did get uh, get married. That's true. As a result of his five-year bike there trip. You go. So there is that. <laughs> That's what you're looking for. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. We can't, we can't guarantee it. We can't. <laughs> um, okay. Next up, uh, from Pedal Shift, uh, awesome multimodal DC commute. Yes. Hashtag boat month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this Tim Mooney shares with us a right. article from the Washington Post. I if you can see that across the room there, Brian, but oh, master, you can see it both. Nice. Master of the River, a 71-year-old librarian's 15 years of water commutes. Yeah. See, I hope that's me when I'm 71. <laughs> I know it will <laughs> this be. This guy, like, rowing? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's ripped for one thing. Uh, super strong. But, like, he bikes to the river and yeah. he gets in a boat. so there's, like, a little map here. Yeah. And it says, like, so he embarks on a 15-minute bike ride toward... This river that I can't pronounce. Anacostia, I want to say. Uh, and then he rose about five miles downriver. Downriver. Then climbs onto another bike and arrives at the Library of Congress about 90 minutes after he leaves home. And he works for the Library of Congress. That's pretty That's cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That means he gets to listen to, like, uh, what is that, 72 RPM records? I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, they're that's, in the Library of Congress. That's what they put Congress. in there? Yeah. 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 78. 78. Oh, thank you. right, yes, right, 78 right. RPM. I'm glad you caught that. I, I, I should know. It was in the 70s. Yeah. But he gets to listen to Eminem <laughs> on 78, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's totally. in the Library of Congress. Wait, is it? Yes. Oh, as a platinum? I. Or just on 78? No. Don't they have a copy of like everything? Uh, no, just whatever they deem culturally oh. relevant. Okay. Eminem, culturally relevant. <laughs> Apparently so. I remember this was like. 2006, 2007, I was still living uh, in Lansing at the time. But did they so, convert it onto 78s? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know this. So, yeah, certain things are converted to 78. It's kind of a big deal for the li- Library of Congress to select you. But the reason they convert it to 78 is uh, 78s retain the information longer That's uh, than, they take than, more, other, than yeah. other vinyls. Yeah. Uh, and um, they convert it to vinyl because... It's a medium that requires very little technology to recreate. 
You can listen. Uh, here, simpler living tip. You can listen to records using a pin between your teeth. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could use like a sharp stick yeah. and just your hand and like some kind of spindle. Well, with like... the pin between the teeth, if it, if the vibrations from the record oh, go snap. into your teeth, yeah. they rattle the bones inside the... your ears so it doesn't have to go through oh, the air. badass. Yeah. I mean, it's not like hi-fi or anything, but maybe it is. I would say I've it's never better done it. than hi-fi. It's like direct input. I know they make toothbrushes that... Do that while you brush your teeth; it will vibrate. And really, just, yeah, in in this music. song, yeah, that's <laughs> I want fantastic. One. Yes, all right, we gotta, yeah, and maybe we could use that like in an experimental band or something. That'd <laughs> this be pretty would be fantastic. wonderful. I'm only releasing my music on toothbrushes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, this guy's pretty great, and uh, I, I would say I've always wanted to do like I don't even know like like some sort of aquatic commute of some kind, uh, preferably human powered. But yeah, so thank you, Tim, for the link. So we don't have an aquatic commute, but you know what we do have? What do we have? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. I like that we just kind of have the natural, like that. That's like the thing I try to do every week now. (laughs) (laughs) How did that work out when I wasn't here? Oh, I don't know. I forget. Okay. (laughs) I haven't, I've only listened to the uh, Peter Kuntz episode. That was a good one. When I wasn't here. Yeah, yeah. I think it worked out okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember the mail section. Oh, we got physical mail first. Oh, you know snap. Who, the first That's thing. Right. First thing. Read this one. Our bus episode made peanut butter jar Matt think of Crisscross, the yes. rap duo, which, by the way, one for Chris. Oh, yeah. 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 You just um, For those who can't see, Aaron just poured a drop out on the yep. carpet. Yep. Uh, by the way, wore his pants backwards to his dying day. That's pretty cool. And uh, and he and missed the bus once, and it's something bus. he would never, never ever, ever do ever. again. Yes, yeah, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> made him think of crisscross, which scared Johnny K. Right, right. Johnny K. Put on uh, a comment about that. What? It's it's a creepy music video. Is it? Yeah. I get, mind if I just? You go ahead and mute that, or right. do you need to? I don't, do I need you to turn this down? You have to mute yours. I'm muted um, over here. Yeah, but. for copyright reasons, we can't share this, but. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, I can uh, share my reaction. There's some to creepy this. Uh, imagery in that, um, but a great song. Also, it was on back when Portland Foot was around. It was the uh, uh, yeah. It was a lot a of thing. use of the blue filter. In, there is in some of these cut scenes here. Yeah. So the bus driver oh, is not oh, particularly uh, yeah. good looking. Like I think he's supposed driver. to be. Yeah. I think that's kind of the idea. Well, and a zombie and, bus and driver. Now he's, yeah, now he's angry. It's the kind that would drive you away. So, by um, the way, Michael Jackson shirt on this guy over here. <laughs> so, peanut butter Jarmat also All sent right. us a package. So, yes. And I have not and showed this to Aaron yet. You, I want. I want. You this, looked yeah. at it and you said, "I want your reaction on air." Okay. So the note so. says, "Brock and Aaron, regardless of whatever moral that could be derived from the story within, I'd say based on the book's cover that the message is, I pity the fool.'" That doesn't ride a bike. Yes! Holy shit! How did he find that? Yes, this is a children's book called The, the Best, Best Bike, bike Ever. ever. Mr. Of, T and Me. The Mr. T and Me series, yes. I was hoping oh. that was a record. <laughs> I, yeah, that would oh, be cool, too. I won't flex it too hard. He has done a few songs. You know, I guess the only way to find is to maybe to open it up and find out. Um, but it says on the back, want to have Mr. T as your buddy? Right down the block or around the corner, ready to help when you've got trouble? When kids make fun of you or someone's pushing you around or forcing you to say yes when you want to say no? Then the books in the Mr. T and Me series are for you. So, yes, this this is pretty cool. I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, here, you want to open it up and look? Sure. See if there's a record in there or maybe a flexi disc. 
No, it's definitely a book. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Holy shit. How did he find this? This looks I like... am very curious, yeah. So we, we appreciate that. Man, I don't know. I think we need to like put some like acid-free backing onto it. and. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Like store it in an airtight container. Well, we should tell people that uh, they can only send us things here at the IPRC for so much longer because oh, we are moving right. at some point. So we'll, yeah. we'll fill you in on that one a little bit later oh, man. down the line. I don't line. know. Maybe I should be wearing gloves or something. Oh, you should definitely be wearing gloves. <laughs> Uh, this is well, why I don't work at the Library of Congress. While you're doing that, listeners, uh, Glenn and Andre met up in uh, Minnesota, and Andre brought a bike for Glenn to use. So that's Glenn Kubish, who did uh, an episode for us oh, about yeah. a year ago. Um, yeah, and Andre, who I heard on the Pedal Shift Project uh, some time back. I think he was at their live event. So I have heard his voice, and he has heard ours. That's so cool. Yeah. How interesting is it when there's people who listen to us who don't know each other and then meet in real life, independent. They do have some something in common. That's yeah. us. Yeah, which is which is awesome, I guess. All right, so what do we got there in the inside of the book? Here. This is this is the first of appearance of Mr. T in the book. The mall was crowded with kids, hundreds, maybe a thousand. Mr. T was surrounded by them. He stood in the middle, laughing and joking, and right beside him was my sister with my bike. Kids were pushing my bike. Kids were leaning on my bike. Ooh. Uh-oh. This what happens next? doesn't sound happy. I don't know. I'm going to skip oh, okay. ahead, though. <laughs> <clears throat> Ooh, so, this is great. Oh, is this the moral? Don't let your possessions possess you, Mr. T warned. Then he crouched beside my bike. I watched him fit his fingers under the fender. Thump, Mr. T pressed hard. Ping, the dent popped out. Wow! wow I shouted. Next time, the dent might not come out so easy, Mr. T said. But the bike will ride just as good. It's the riding that counts. It's the riding that counts. Sucker. Better better words were never spoken by anyone than Mr. T. Don't let your possessions possess you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. Mr. T is full of good advice. It's deep. It's fantastic. Thank you, Peanut Butter Germ Hat. (laughs) Also, Rob Felty found us on Twitter and said uh, he's launching a compact multi-tool. This is another uh, little uh, little device that uh, it's got all the, the common things you would need. But in a small, compact, uh, interesting package. So uh, worth checking out. It's a Kickstarter right now. It could be a real thing if you want to help them out. Uh, David Robinson shares a great interview with frame builder Bernsey. And uh, Bernsey has uh, this whole thing about the, like, you know, you're just riding bikes. And this quote. Can I read this quote? Yep. Uh, he said, that really gets me. To me, the whole skin, let's wear Lycra and shave our legs so if we fall down and go boom, our scab doesn't hurt as bad. Man, if you can't walk out of your house in what you just painted your living room in and ride your bike and have fun, then what the fuck are you doing? And the whole <laughs> like interview that. is full of choice quotes like that. It's fantastic. The guy, guy really has it together. So thank it's, you, David Robinson. He built a very interesting bike. He did, which you and, haven't found the answers to yet, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> they talk about so many other things. How is the fork so small is what you wanted to Right, know. right. it's probably it's, wrought it, iron. It, it, it possibly, <laughs> but it looks like, I mean, like not much thicker than my, uh, back rack, you know, yeah. it's like 10 millimeter tubing. Right. So, so anyways, anyways, it looks cool. Yeah. I'm just wondering how a fat bike would survive with that. Yeah. Uh, next up, Daniel shares a video of a dumpster diving bicycle tourist and an article about how France is banning grocery store food waste. Yeah. I'm way more interested in the second, and yet I didn't see it. Well, the video of the dumpster diving bicycle tourist was pretty great because he did survive on his bicycle tour by pulling by, food out of dumpsters. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and, of course, not everyone's comfortable with that. Not everyone gets it, uh, but uh, it is a good option. 
But yeah, this French law forbids food based by supermarkets is pretty cool because they're saying if it's got a uh, a pull by date, doesn't mean the food's bad. There's a great ninety nine percent invisible podcast about that. And uh, France is saying, hey, um, you guys should donate that food to people who could use it. Under a law passed unanimously, unanimously. by the French Senate, as of Wednesday, whenever this was put out, uh, large shops will no longer bin good quality food approaching its best before date. Charities will be able to give out millions more free meals each year to people struggling to afford to eat. Well, you know, part of it is possibly that like people were not allowed to give it. I don't know how things work in France. I know here, some places you're not allowed to give people food right. because like there's a liability that could be bad for you or something. And yeah, but it's, and, not, it's and so it's, good for you. It's food. It's it's the fear of it's the fear of litigation that has right. caused a lot of grocery stores to uh, lock up their dumpsters. Sure. When previously, you know, even just a couple years ago, you could just walk into a certain trader's. Uh, grocery store dumpster yes. and uh, like right after closing and just have at it. Right. We're not telling you to do anything illegal. And we're also not expressing the views of the Unipiper. Uh, we should make sure <laughs> that everyone knows the Unipiper is also not telling you to do any of these things. But we're just saying there's a good way for like people to get food when they need it. And it looks like France has that figured out. So that's cool. Um, Eric shared his experience in Mexico with traffic. Uh, yes. He said... Uh, I am not sure it's safer to ride here or in Mexico, but I am sure that drivers there are more concerned with the higher probability of getting in an accident. So they are much more aware of your surroundings or their surroundings, which is basically what you were saying with your experience when you were there. Yeah. It's still, it's still one of the things anytime, uh, somebody even just kind of, uh, just in passing ask me, so how is Mexico? Like, that's usually the first thing I bring up is, like, everybody pays attention when they drive and when they walk. There were no distracted drivers. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, have you ever dealt with that, Brian? Uh, is that is that a thing that uh, has affected you at some point? Uh, distracted drivers? Yes. Uh, it's usually me that's distracted. <laughs> I'm, like, texting on my unicycle. And to me, it's, like, natural. But, like, the fact that someone sees the unipiper, like, trying to text on his unicycle is, like, right. distracting. And then I become the distraction. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> it's so meta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're still here. Glad you're safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wayne says of the, uh, the West End Transit bus trailheads, uh, his last two trips to Portland included excursions into the gorge. Even during the week, the trailheads were packed by late morning. Hopefully, people will take advantage of this service. And then if you want to scroll down just a little bit more, I think yeah, yeah. I put in... Oh, yeah. Brian Blank. Uh, Blanc. I've yes. So, I'm sorry, Brian. Um former guest and listener, he said uh, ODOT is working on it. So there's a survey you can take, and they're uh, actively addressing, you know, maybe yeah. there's going to be a bus on the Oregon side of the gorge at some point soon. And Renee mentions, mentioned a survey in our podcast. We I think this is back. the one. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, it. we should, I was, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, that probably is it. Which is so, fantastic. Uh, listeners, if you're thinking of going to the gorge on the Oregon side, Take this survey. Let your voice be heard. Yeah, and you can respond as a Gorge resident. You can respond as a fan of the Gorge uh, from somewhere else. Or a so. friend of the Gorge. You can perhaps. respond from anywhere. Let your voice be known. <laughs> Tim Mooney. I, I plan, I plan to come to Portland and take the bus into, <laughs> right. into Multnomah Falls when that service is offered or yeah, something. good point. Can I read uh, Sebastian's thing here? Yes. All right. So uh, let me scroll up. This slightly. was not sent to us specifically, but uh, our listener, Sebastian, has uh, a Strava profile that is worth reading. And you and him have sort of like bantered back and forth on Strava. 
We have. You guys have been kind of Strava, Strava buddies. I guess, I guess we have, yeah. <laughs> so he says, uh, his bio, This is the altar upon which I self-curate triumphant moments in my Strava career. When I'm between taking KOMs and doing active recovery rides, I put on my compression gear and swill recovery drinks. I am an abstract artist, a concrete analyst, and a ruthless bookie. Critics worldwide swoon over my original line of corduroy evening wear. I don't perspire. I am a private citizen, yet I receive fan mail. I have been caller number nine and have won the weekend passes. Last summer, I toured New Jersey with a traveling centripetal force demonstration. I bat 400. My deft floral arrangements have earned me fame in international botany circles. Children, trust me. Settle down with a chocolate milk and behold my Fred-tastic voyages. Or do something more pious. Listen to thesprocketpodcast.com. Thanks, man. That's he, very nice. That man. was all unsolicited. That was. Yeah, we that didn't ask him to do that. all unsolicited. Yeah, it's very good. <clears throat> I expected I, it to end with uh, the revolution will not be televised. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would like to order some of his corduroy evening wear. Oh, yeah. Seriously. I, I'm really curious as to how that would play out. I would imagine you'd wake up with some sort of waffle print on your face. <laughs> that would be my thought. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And then Logan said something nice about us. Do you want to read that? Cheers to four years of listening. The Sprocket Podcast is still one hell of a show, and Brock Dittis is a gritty host that just keeps producing great conversations about simplifying the good life. Give it a listen if you enjoy podcasts. And we should mention that he probably would have mentioned you if you were taggable on Facebook, because that's where this came from. Ah. Yeah. Otherwise, well, I wasn't here for four years either. Well, so. I, I also didn't make you read that with the intent of excluding you. So, <laughs> yeah. Look at this nice thing he said about me. <laughs> Thank you, Logan. Thank you very much. We're glad to have you here, even after all of our talk yeah. about California. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks for continual listening. <laughs> that's right. Oh, Well, he's really more state of Jefferson anyways. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. All right, well, let's come to that time where we need to close out the show. Yeah, so, uh, probably should do that. Yeah. Brian, usually we we choose a theme. Well, we have a guest choose the theme for us. Uh, the, the stylistic bent at which we would uh, take our, our, the credits that we read at the end of the show. So do you have any suggestions for How us? How shall we read these credits? In what style? Wow. Uh, well, this is a big responsibility. Uh, what about uh, film noir? Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. So kind of like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a sepia tone, like like mystery sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> she walked in with legs from here to Germany. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Let's let's give it a shot and see what we can do. Do my best. Wait, to... does that mean are you going to be the femme fatale, <laughs> <laughs> or should I be the femme fatale? <laughs> I think it all. Can, can you do a Humphrey Bogart? I think it all starts with a cigarette. I don't know if yeah. I can do Humphrey Bogart that well, but I'll try. I'm probably not going to do that. website is the Sprocket Podcast. I think you should do that. I don't know if I could do that for very long, honestly. Okay. All right. I'll try. We'll just... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here it comes. Our website is the SprocketPodcast.com. Email to the SprocketPodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Of all the Twitters in all of the Twitterverse, Twitter at SprocketPodcast.com. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for his theme music. Herbert for our headline song. Marcus Norman for sleek graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Johnny K. Shadowfoot, Katharina Melamgard, Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie, Justin Martin, Eric Ivers, Cameron Lean, Richard Wazensi, Tim Mooney, Orange and Purple, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Jim Gooden, Eric Weiss, 
Doug Cohen Miller, Todd Parker, Scott McAllister Morgan, Chris Gonzalez, Dan Gebhardt, Zoe Campagna, our femme fatale, and Andy Brunner, Dave Nose, Chris Smith, Christine Kaster, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Culey, Peanut Butter Jar, Matt, The Pat- Man with the Knife, Patrick Archain, Gabriel Trainer, Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew Alderson, Drew the Welder, my femme fatale, Anna, Krista Skukas, John Wasserman, Andre Johnson of Minnesota, Shelley and Troy, the King of Division, Josh Zissin, and Richard G. And Guthrie Straw. This looks like the beginning to a beautiful friendship. Yeah, well, uh, brush your teeth, but don't go to bed. One of my favorite things about having a bottle opener on a set of keys is that when you throw it through the air, you can grab onto literally any part of the package. Right. And be pretty assured that you'll pick it up. Large target. Yeah. Wow. Can you smell that across the room? I cannot. Oh, okay. Is it pretty I can smell it here. It's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>